the release of MLB The Show happened today. Yes, it so. did. It did. Wait, why are we doing the podcast? How come we're not playing the show? I know. Show? Why aren't we playing the show? All right. Hey, it's been great. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Super Halo Brothers, Los Angeles Angels podcast, episode number nine, showtime for Shohei Otani. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Super Halo Brothers, Los Angeles Angels podcast. My name is John and that's my brother, Mike. Hey, my name is Mike and that's my brother, John. And we are two brothers who are lifelong fans of the Angels and decided to start this podcast in the hopes that our fan-guided wisdom will get the Angels to the World Series in 2021 more importantly please get please please god get mike trout to the world series <laughs> please 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 god we're praying for that uh, absolutely hey mike and i think we're doing a fantastic job so far yeah i think so too uh uh speaking of uh of fantastic things you got to go to the game on monday how was that I did. I did get to go to the game. My wife and I went for our 19th anniversary, and that was a blast. I told her, we've been talking often about what refreshes me, and I told her, you know, if we got a hotel room in Anaheim and got tickets for a weekend series Saturday or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that would be the thing that refreshes me. Ooh. And she went, all right, let's 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 do it. So Look at that. I'm actually, I'm going to put, let's put a game plan together. Let's go down to the game. It was such a blast uh, on Monday night to watch the Angels live to experience the sights and sounds. A couple things that I saw while I was there. First of all, I don't know if you noticed this when you were there, but the parking lot is in disrepair. Did you notice I, that? I don't think I noticed. I think I was so focused on getting t- into the stadium that I, I didn't even pay attention. What ha- what, Listen, what's going it, on? It's the little things that I pay attention to. And so all, all of the all of the little cracks in the blacktop had weeds coming through oh. it. I was really disappointed. <laughs> I was really disappointed. Come on, Artie. Let's get it together. You've had a year to get it together, and you, this is what you you present to us? Come on, Artie. <laughs> it was all the, Let's get it together. It was all the Enterprise rent-a-cars that had been sitting on the lot for the last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Right? The concrete, the blacktop has COVID as well. Like We need to, we need to redeem that. The other thing that I saw was uh, I really liked watching Dylan Bundy yeah. pitch live. yeah. It was really great. And I'm I'm with you. I think that they need to extend him. I know that he lost that game. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. They couldn't give him any offense. No. But it was really great to see him pitch live. He was confident. You had confidence as you watched him. And so that was a lot of fun. And then the other thing that I saw that I really enjoyed was Albert Pujols stole a base. Stole a base, baby. He stole a base. And, the, and you knew that he was going to do it because he was it was in the seventh inning and he was on second base, and he kept leading off, kept leading off. And when the pitcher didn't look back to check, you saw Albert take two or three more steps. And then Albert started running, and the pitcher went home. Yeah. And the crowd just lit up. Right. they saw it was coming. Yeah. And I think the catcher saw it was coming, but he didn't have a throw to make because Albert was literally sliding into third base when that ball hit the catcher's mitt. And so that was... A phenomenal moment, and you know that I'm the biggest Albert Pujols fan. Oh, I know. You you celebrate him every day. (laughs) And so it was cool to see that moment. I have a a, a stat head spotlight on Albert Pujols. This morning, when I got my stat head daily email from Baseball Stat Head, this is the stat that was the uh, under the spotlight. So it says shameless plug. <laughs> yes, in the uh, in the Angels' eventual loss to the Rangers, Albert Pujols executed a rare stolen base attempt and was successful. Although he doesn't go for it often, he has not been caught stealing since 2015. <laughs> Here's a look at the oh best stolen base rates in 20 uh, since 2016 among players with at least 10 attempts in that time. So uh, first is Kevin Biggio from the Blue Jays. 
Uh, okay. 20 stolen bases since 2016 with a 100% success rate. <laughs> Second place, Albert Pujols. Hey! 100% success rate, 12 stolen bases since 2016. Um, the rest of the list is not that interesting, honestly, but the fact that he's got a 100% success rate, it all comes back to the fact that like nobody thinks he's going to steal, right? Like That's why right, he's so successful. Right. Nobody thinks that he's yeah. going to steal. You're not expecting Albert Pujols to... to to do that and so they had a great moment you, i know you were at the game but you probably missed it on the broadcast but uh i think it was jose moda who mentioned that with iglesias on first and pujols on second iglesias kind of looked over at pujols gave him a little wink like hey like if you're <laughs> going for it then you commit and i'll be right behind you so they pulled off that double steal and it, wow. with Pujols leading the way, that was great. So that was a fun moment. Well, and Albert is slower than an old man in a wheelchair. And so that's why it was so surprising. That was just so surprising that he took off. And I love that he hasn't been caught stealing since 2015. Was that the stat that you gave that was the year? Yeah. My goodness. Isn't that crazy? 100%. That is crazy. 12 stolen bases. Wow. He's got more, he's so, got more stolen bases than Mike Trout this season. <laughs> that's the other, yeah. That was the other thing that I read. Like he is, he's more successful than Trout. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Some of the things that I heard while I was there uh, was one, nothing. Nobody was around me, so that oh, was a fantastic beautiful. thing. I I loved it, and I actually I, I put that on our Instagram story yeah. uh, on Monday night because nobody was around me. It was so nice not to have to sit close to anybody. You could put your feet up, yeah. and you didn't have to worry about what was happening around you. And the, and yeah, the mask thing—they do ask that you wear your mask sure. the entire time. It's reasonable. And so when they weren't. When they weren't looking, I pulled the mask down because I just wanted to like breathe in the sights and sounds, right? right? Um, but for the most part, we were fine, and and it was a, it was a really good time. You didn't have the other to, thing that you I didn't actually have to stand up and sit down for anybody, like no, getting no. up a million times. Yeah, I like. That. Although I, I although what I did see on that actually made um, Twitter, and it actually I think it made the broadcast was there was an older man that was sitting a few chairs down from us that actually walked in. It was his 80th birthday. Oh, I did see that on Twitter. Yeah, so he was he was two or three seats from us. And when he first got there, we stood up obviously. And he walked in front of us and he said, I'm so sorry to interrupt the game. And he goes, but you don't mind standing for an 80 year old. Do you? And I said, no, no you got to I talk to the birthday guy. I got to talk to the birthday oh, guy. Awesome. He's a great, great dude. It was nice to just chat with him a little bit. And then when he actually got on the big screen in the stadium, the whole stadium erupted. And then we sang happy birthday for him. Nice. So that was really, really cool. That's huge. That was really cool. Oh man. Yeah. The other thing that I, the other thing that I heard was uh, when Aaron Sleggers actually came out when he was going to pitch, I believe it was in the seventh inning yeah. or sixth inning, yeah. when he came out, he came out to the song Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, oh, and I loved it. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that song. You might want to look it up because it's a great, great jam. Peter Gabriel's good. Heck yeah. So those were some things that I that I saw. Those were some things that I heard. And and I'll tell you, the, the Rangers, even though uh, we lost, they were fun to watch. Uh, Brandon, is it Brandon Lowe? Um, I can't Nate, think of his Nate first Lowe. name, but Low, Nate Lowe, that's it. Nate Lowe, who uh, is probably their hottest hitter right now, had a great, great game, and it was neat to see him play. And then Garcia, their center fielder, took away oh, a home run. Dude, that and guy had was a all great, over the place last night. He had a great catch in, in center field. So he got, a, he got a nice round of applause from Angel fans for the effort, what he did. Obviously, it didn't go in our direction, but we when we see greatness, we recognize it. Way to go, Angel fans. Yeah. It was such a good night. I had a really good time, and I was so happy to be back. And it looked like, you know, they were mounting a little bit of a comeback at the end, which, you know, has kind of been the M.O. this season for the Angels. It's coming yep. back in those late yep. innings. And even though we were down 6 nothing, I don't know how you felt in the stadium or what the atmosphere was like, but at home, I felt like even though we were down 6-0, uh, it, it never feels like we're out of the game. 
it feels like there's always it. a chance to come back. So what was that like being there, even though you guys were down? What did it feel like in the stadium? There was hope in the stadium. I think you could feel it from the people that were that mm-hmm. were there. Because the Angels have come back, I think their first, what, seven wins or first five wins were from the seventh inning on. And so there was this anticipation. There was yeah. a frustration when there was a lot of people swinging at terrible pitches. Like Mike Trout seemed to be swinging at everything that was low. And then Shohei yeah. was swinging really hard, yeah. and he was doing that that thing where he loses his hat. And he, you could just tell, like, bro, that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> work for you, right? So the thing that was really fun was to see them come back in the ninth inning. They had Iglesias get on, Suzuki got on, and then Renjifa was coming up, and everybody anticipated that they would pinch hit for him, but they didn't. They didn't. They actually yeah. pinch ran no. for Suzuki. I know. And and I thought maybe they would actually have that pinch runner actually hit for Renhifo. And was when it he, uh, Scott Shebler? It was Scott Shebler, which he, I think he hit twenty to thirty home runs with the Reds just a few years ago. And so yeah, he I, was, I think you take a shot with him. Training too. Yeah. yeah. So I would yeah. take a shot with him. I think that maybe there was a, a matching. Uh, issue there because I don't know if they had somebody to actually play third base but in my opinion like I think you go for it and you let him hit right and if he hits a home run game's over if he doesn't hit a home run if he gets a hit you're at least still in the game and you worry about the bottom of the ninth if you're tied yeah. at the bottom of the ninth right and so that's how I would have managed that nobody asked me though but that's how <laughs> I would have managed that um, but overall there was this anticipation like, Hey, something's going to happen. And even one of the ushers, when the first two outs in the ninth inning happened, the usher came down and people were leaving cause we're angel fans and we live in SoCal. <laughs> and so people started walking away been out of the stadium they, for over a year. And, and then they come back and oh, I'm gonna leave right, right. <laughs> I was not going to leave. And so the usher looked at us and I looked at a few other people and he goes till the last strike till the last nice. out. And we're like, you know it. Right. <laughs> and then they got a hit. Then they got another hit. And so there was this excitement in the stadium. And yeah. unfortunately, they weren't able to actually make the comeback all the way back. Well, and on the note of Shohei and Trout, uh, Trout's Trout's uh, uh, strikeouts uh, percentage have, has gone up recently, which, you yeah, know, I mean, people figure him out every now and then and then he makes the adjustments and he'll get back to doing Trout things pretty soon. Um, Shohei chasing out of the zone is like kind of a symptom of his feet moving around. Um, they make a note of it all the time on on the broadcast where you can see uh-huh. his back foot gets out of place and then he's just kind of chasing things and he's hopping out of the box. And um, when he's not planted is when he really struggles. But what I noticed in terms of the end of the lineup, like you were mentioning, all the heroes were kind of stepping up and coming out of that. They right. um, they were just putting together singles. They were putting together walks and they were putting together singles. And I, I don't know if there's pressure on Trout right now to be the hero. Um and, and I don't think that he thinks he needs to be a hero. However, he doesn't have the protection of Anthony Rendon behind him. Sure, sure. And, and I think that we're starting to see that. Now, granted, he did he did get walked on Friday night and yes. then Upton hit the granny. So uh, say what you will about the protection of Justin Upton behind Trout. But I do have to say there's something to having Anthony Rendon behind Mike Trout. And I think that also Otani needs to realize that Yes, you can hit bombs, dude, but like we don't need you to hit bombs all the time. We we right. need you to put together a string of hits because if we had put together a string of of singles, I think we would have really marched back and won that game. You know, you just turn the page like Socha always used to say, turn the page and uh turn and, the page. and move on. Um and I'm really hoping that 
with Shohei back on the mound on Tuesday night that we'll we'll be happy to see him on the mound against the Rangers and and that he uh, yeah. does well. What do you what do you think about Shohei getting back on the mound? Well, I think first for hitting, I wonder if um, playing against his former teammate um, mm. actually had anything to do with him trying to prove himself maybe him feeling a bit intimidated like they seem to really have a high respect for each other totally and and so maybe that influenced uh, what he was swinging at and why he wanted to make contact and and all of that I I'm actually excited to see Shohei back on the mound um I'm not excited that there's a pitch limit but that pitch limit makes sense sure um because I know that he's got the he's got the blister and all of those things the problem with Shohei and if you watched on Tuesday night the problem with Shohei is that if you have him on a pitch limit, he's not going to be able to pitch for too many innings. Yeah. I think the first inning he had 19 pitches. <laughs> and so that's the hard part about him and a pitch limit is that you're not going to be able to extend him very, very deep into a game. Yeah. And that's why he's not hitting tonight. Exactly. Because they didn't want to lose that bat in the lineup. To put that limit on him, you know, they can't have him hit and pitch at the same time because if you pull him in the fourth inning, then you're putting in all your bench guys, you're burning your bullpen, and and that's not the night to do that, especially against the Rangers. They got a really difficult road trip coming up, and the entire road trip is against the West, which we'll get into later. Um, yeah. But, hey, it could be showtime. We'll see. You know, at the time of recording, it's it's Tuesday night here, so we currently are watching the game and, and seeing what happens, but... Like yeah, you said. full disclosure, we're super distracted yeah. <laughs> while we're while we're doing the podcast because we're watching Shohei pitch while we're talking who about picked, him right who now. Who picked the starting time for the Angels? <laughs> right during podcast blame, time. <laughs> I blame Albert Pujols. <laughs> well, listen, we had a really interesting weekend, um, and by that I mean a completely uninteresting weekend. Uh, because that was boring. We had that incredible game on Friday night that we brought up earlier where you know Mike Trout gets walked intentionally and the bases are loaded and Justin Upton comes up and hits a grand slam behind him. Can we talk about the, his backflip after he hit the grand slam? Oh, please, please do. <laughs> that was, I think, my favorite my favorite moment because Upton reminds me a little bit of Garrett Anderson. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to see some passion from him. You want to see some excitement from him. And so to see him take the swing and then it was just like this, I got it. And then you knew he was confident. I love that. And speaking of his like passion and excitement, I don't know if you've seen him on TV, but last night the Upton Funks were there yeah. instead of the Uptown <laughs> I Funks. Saw those guys. They were there. And every inning they are cheering Upton like he is the king of the castle, man. And and Upton actually gave him a couple of points, a couple of winks when he makes a catch. They're giving him a standing ovation. And he was smiling. And I think that that's kind of opening him up. And, and fans are starting to really fall in love with him. And so that might actually be why we're seeing a better performance out of him. He's feeling loved. He's feeling excited. He's a little bit passionate. And so I love to see that. Well, there's a reason why we were all excited when we signed him or we traded for him and then, and then uh, extended him so that we could keep him around. Around. Yeah, like left field was such a, a disaster for so many years. Like there was that right. there was that season we had David DeJesus and Shane Victorino and uh, I forget <laughs> I forget who else we had um, out there in left field, but it was like the worst platoon that I have ever yeah. seen in my Angel fandom. And, that, right. <laughs> and it was just like the, not fun at all. So when we finally locked. Upton down. I thought that uh, that was really great. So yeah, fun fact. Did you know that Shane Victorino is the cousin of Kurt Suzuki? Oh, really? Yeah. And you know how I know that? The facts that they put on the stadium scoreboard. Ah, <laughs> nice. I saw that last night. So I was explaining to my wife, who is a somewhat Angel fan, about that, and she had the most uninteresting look on her face <laughs> because 
I don't think she knew who I was talking about when I said Shane Victorino. Started to explain Shane Victorino and how he played for the Phillies and then he played for us. And she didn't know that. So I started to explain Bobby Abreu played for the, the Phillies and then played for, and then I went, never, never mind. mind. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> never we had mind. a great game on Friday. And I, I was out of town, but I was uh, with some friends for the weekend and, and I was watching the game on my phone. And I was just so pumped because I just saw the energy and the momentum. It was like, this was a game that we needed. We needed this game to yep. happen. And to go against the yep. Twins, I know that we were pretty pretty weary about like right. Nelson Cruz and Byron Buxton. It's like, man, anything could happen in this game. Right. However, uh, I mean, Heaney did it again, man. He looked solid. He looked great. He did look good. Man, he really made that change uh, st- where he stands against the pitching rubber, and that really helped him out a lot. But to turn on the game and see that they were up so many runs that they had to use a what's his name the position player to to pitch and he's throwing a hot forty six. <laughs> oh, that was great! And did you see that he announced his candidacy for Cy Young? Did you see did that? that? I didn't see that. <laughs> he put it on his Instagram and he says, "I'm announcing my candidacy to be a part of the Cy Young Award." I love. <laughs> and I that. loved it. I loved it. That's great. I loved his passion. Do you think that missing those games, John, killed our momentum? Yeah, I think if you think about two days off, which is very rare. I know we have the occasional off day, um, but when you're going into the weekend and you're going to face a lineup like the Twins, and then suddenly you're not um, because yeah. of uh, because of the COVID issue and the concerns that they had, you know, they shut everything down, which I totally understand. And I know that we're going to make up uh-huh. these games later. But man, right. uh, when you go from a Friday night like that, who knows what could have happened through the weekend? I think that we really sure. had the potential to carry that momentum into this week, and I think that's why the guys kind of floundered on Monday, to be honest, because they had so much energy and so much fire on Friday, and then to shut all of that down and kind of reboot on Monday was a little bit of a bummer. And uh, yeah, so I think that we saw the result of that on Monday night against the Rangers. What do you think? Yeah, they came out flat on Monday and you could tell in the, in the stadium, you could tell the players. I think that is probably why they were swinging at some pitches that they probably shouldn't be swinging at, but they just couldn't put anything together. I think the thing that I actually really look at, if I'm going to look at this like glass half full is they lost Monday and they were, eight and six Mm -hmm. and they had as many losses as the first place Mariners who actually lost Tuesday. So we actually could find ourselves a little bit closer to first place. The thing that I reason why I mentioned that is because there's been seasons in the past where they would lose a game like Monday and then they would fall to like six and eight or five and nine. And you would go, man, they just have a huge hill to climb. But yet they lost and they didn't look great and they were trying to come back, but they didn't really look great. They looked a little flat and yet they're eight and six. Right. And so they're right in the heat of things. They're right in the middle of things. And so a part of me goes, I like that. That feels a bit different than seasons in the past. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we're, <laughs> we, we gave the Yankees our angel April energy because they're, <laughs> they're having a rough time right now. And they and, are. And I feel like that's been our our mo the last few years is just always behind in april we we are fine through may and then we get hot in june and then it's the gotta climb gotta climb we're always climbing back and this time it just feels like you know what we're we're contending we're staying at the top i know it's still early as we always say but um it is good to have take a loss and still not be below 500 i think that's really huge um something i wanted to point out that i think as a result of the the postponed games, we are going to have those games later on in the season, and it's going to be yeah. kind of a difficult push, especially if they're in the summertime because there's not a lot of room for these games to be played. However, 
I was thinking about it, and when we do get to those two games that we have to make up, we will have Anthony Rendon, and we will have Max Stassi back by that point. Now, granted, that's to say they don't get hurt again or something else happens. However, it will be great to have those guys back in the lineup. But what does it mean for the Angels moving forward uh, coming out of this series, Mike? Well, I think Monday night is a good example. I think you're not going to have, when you have those guys back, you're not going to have... Renhifo, yeah, <laughs> as the as the guy that has to come through for you, yeah, and and he had he had two, you know, he had two big opportunities, and I think it's one of those things where like you get inserted into the into the game, and they always talk about how the ball finds you. Well, I think those those big <laughs> moments, I think those big moments find you, yeah, and and you know, God bless him, he he's he's doing the best that he can, but you're not Rendon, and and you're in that position because you're not the best hitter in the lineup and it just fell to him. And so twice he strikes out once he grounds out the second time. I think it changes the dynamic of the lineup. And I, th- I think it changes actually how they do line up because if Rendon is in there and Renhifo is, is not, who do you think is batting last in that lineup? It's probably like maybe Iglesias, maybe a Max Stassi, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a bat that we can count on. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, Dexter Fowler's hurt or else he would be in that position right. as well. But I think it's going to be a bat that we can count on. And so there's this potential of us being able to come back and not going, man, I just don't know if we're going to be able to do it here because it's Renhifo. Instead, it's going to be a whole different narrative like, wow, we are going to do it because they're really hitting well. And this is an exciting moment for us. Yeah, you made an apology for Jose Quintana last week. And I think I need to apologize yeah. for my Renhifo excitement because <laughs> he's really... Uh, Drop the ball, pun intended. Um, hey But, yeah, I, I was really looking forward to seeing him in the lineup and seeing him in the in the infield, especially with Rendon going down. And um, it, it's been disappointing so far, understandably so. And yeah, I think yeah. that, I, I don't know, sooner or later we got to see, we got to see Taylor Ward in that lineup somewhere because we yeah. can really use a consistent bat like that right now but who knows maybe he'll come up and do the same thing (laughs) it's interesting that he wasn't brought up but what Madden had said he was kind of ambiguous about it but Madden had said he's dealing with what everybody's dealing with in our world today and so I don't know what that means it might mean COVID it might mean that he's really heartbroken over what's happening in our country I I don't know what that means and so obviously all all due respect to Taylor Ward's privacy but I think that that's kind of a bummer that it wasn't him that was brought up and it was actually Schlebler I can't even say his name Schlebler (laughs) It was Shebler. Thank you. You're the one that actually pronounces people appropriately and correctly. (laughs) I butcher every name on here. It's why you've got the English degree and I don't. All right. And so I I, I was bummed that they didn't bring him up, but there is, there obviously is something going on there, but I hope that they can bring him up sometime soon because I think that he can bring a, I can sit for three days and then if you need me to hit, I can hit. I can sit for two days and if you need me to play the field, I'll play the field. Absolutely. We had a interesting article come out last week. Power rankings yep. from CBS Sports. Yep. What's going on with that? So the power rankings last Friday uh, give us the top five teams in the MLB. And so here are the top five. Number one, the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Red Sox, hmm. which I found really fascinating, but they're actually playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Number three, the Padres. And number four, the Brewers. And our Angels were number five. Hey. So two thoughts on that. Two things. One, Three Southern California teams are in the top five. That's I don't right. know when that has ever happened, that. but that's exciting, right? <laughs> yeah. And our Angels made the fifth spot, which I love, and I think people are really surprised. Them 
and the Reds. There's this whole article about how the Reds have been the surprise of the start of the season hmm. and the Angels have been the surprise of the start of the season. And as they asked the uh, writers of this article who they think will be able to sustain this, every one of those writers said that they believe the Angels will be able to sustain it. And they said for two reasons. One, they've got Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. Mm -hmm. And two, they have a good enough starting rotation and the Reds don't have that. Interesting. And so that's exciting. I'm excited that they're actually getting recognized. I'm excited that people are actually talking about them. What are your thoughts on that? That's interesting about the Reds rotation because uh, I immediately think of Sonny Gray and I think of Luis Castillo, who are both guys that a lot of Angel fans were really wanting to trade for in the offseason, and and neither of those guys moved. Um, so that's an interesting perspective to say that we we have the more decent, the more fine rotation. I've been saying that all season long. Meh. Fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of truth to that because you think about last night, or I should say Monday night with Dylan Bundy on the mound, there were a lot of errors that really um, shouldn't have happened and cost him some runs. They were unearned, but yep. in the game, yep. they they count, of course. Um, but I, I keep saying it, man, if they can go out there and keep it at three runs or less, we always have a chance to come back with this offense. Now, granted, I really think that we are starting to see the results of not having Rendon in the lineup and we're seeing yes. the results of not having Max Stassi in the lineup. Heck, even, Agreed. even Dexter Fowler, like I was not super excited about him coming over, but I, I like him as a person. I like him as a player. And you know he's going to work hard. To see him go down with that ACL injury is a real huge bummer because he brought something to the table. He brought something to our lineup. And now we're kind of having to move pieces around. And you got uh, Jared Walsh in right field. And he had a little bit of a a hiccup yesterday and not picking up that ball when he was trying to. Yeah, I think he was just rushing. Yeah, I think he was just rushing. I think he wanted to get the ball in. He's not a right fielder. Like. (laughs) <laughs> that's true. And that is true. I heard one of the fans say like that's what happens when you put a first baseman in right field, right? right? <laughs> you know. So I think just um I, I really do think that the the writers of, of the uh, of that article are onto something because yes, the the Angels are definitely a surprise and I really think the Reds are a surprise. Um but my my one hang up is hey, you know, if our rotation can stay decent, I think that we can have a really healthy run at the wild card and maybe even first place. I mean, I know it's still yeah, April. I agree. But we if everybody can get back and, and get healthy and this lineup is what it's supposed to be, then we're really gonna go far. You said and in one of our earlier episodes when you were predicting uh, I think it was John Speaks It Into Existence mm-hmm. was the segment. Uh, you said that you think that the Angels will win 89 games. Are you still there, or do you think that they have the potential to, to break the 90 barrier? Oh, yeah. I think I think uh, we could at least go 93, 92, 93. Um, and and what, what needs to happen in order for them to get there, in your opinion? Uh, for them to get there is everybody needs to stay healthy at this point because we've seen yeah. that we've seen that the rotation can keep us in games except when they have a blow up which that's the other thing is I feel like we were used to a blow up almost every game but everybody has been decent everybody's been fine and when yeah. when we have when we're not in a hole <laughs> and it's not 14 to nothing yeah. There's yeah. always a chance to come back. Even last, even on Monday when it was 6-0, there's always a chance to come back. So I think in order for the Angels to get to a 92-93-94 win season, everybody just needs to stay healthy, and we need our lineup to have all of our heavy hitters, 
all of our mainstays, all of our team, uh, all of our superstars in that lineup. What about you? I 100% agree. And I would add this. I would say that what happened with C-Sheck on uh, Monday night, and I pronounced his name right, what happened <laughs> with C-Sheck on Monday night can't can't happen consistently. No. And he fell apart in that inning when they when they got four or five runs. And and you could just see the the passion and excitement from the people that were in the field, from the Angels in the field. They were just really frustrated. And even Upton, I know that a ball dropped in front of him, but <laughs> looking at it, looking at it live, he was gonna dive. He was really gonna get after it. And then I think he realized like I'm going to miss it and I don't want it to go past me. And yeah. they've already made a couple of errors in the inning. Yeah. And so I think our bullpen is going to have to hold it, especially as you brought up the double headers with the twins that will be coming up. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be games where I think it's going to be a, a five inning sort of affair for our bullpen. It's going to be Sleggers and it's going to be Rodriguez and it's going to be C-Sheck and it's going to be Watson who actually looked really good yeah. Monday night. Yeah, he did. It's going to be those guys that are going to have to get through two or three innings and maybe throw 30 to 50 pitches in those double headers. And I know that it's seven innings, right? But I think that they're going to have to have a consistent bullpen and what happened Monday night can only happen sparingly, not often. Yeah. You know, we love, we love Joe Madden, by the way, uh, Mike's wearing his uh, new blue light glasses and he's giving me Joe Madden vibes right now. So proud of him. <laughs> but uh, got to play like it's 1985, <laughs> 1985 play like it's 85. We, uh, we love Joe Madden uh, on our podcast, but that c Sheck move, I, I wasn't about that. I, I, I was yeah. like, you're going to go to him? Like, give yeah. me give me Sluggers. Give me Watson. Like, in that moment yeah. when there's runners on second and third and, and no outs, one out, I don't remember what it was, yeah. but it's just like, not C-Shack. Come on. <laughs> it didn't feel – it felt like more of a Chris Rodriguez moment. And by the way, Sluggers, when he came out of the bullpen and I saw him, I said to my wife, I said, hey, babe, look at that guy. And she was like, "Those his legs yeah. are like stilts. I think he's 6'10", right? He's 6'10". And, and he was – he was just massive when he came out there. Yeah. And so there was this intimidating factor of like, yeah, let's bring that guy Heck in. Yeah. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure that there's some sort of rhythm that they're trying to follow, but it didn't feel like a C-Sheck moment. No. It felt more like a Rodriguez, a Sleggers, even Tony Watson. It felt like a moment yeah. for them to shine. Alex Claudio, you can get Claudio in there. He was in there yeah. later on, but I, I yep. in those moments when, when you got to be clutch, I don't know that C-Sheck was the way to go. I agree. I agree. We're talking a lot about the teams in the uh, in the AO West, and so John, can we do a bit of the West Watch? We're bringing it back. Let's bring it back. Play that sounder. And now, Mike and John take a look at the American League West: the Los Angeles Angels, the Oakland A's, the Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros. The Seattle Mariners. This is the West Watch. Oh man, I hope that we have so many opportunities to do the West Watch this season because I just I, I just think it's your flex on creativity. I really appreciate that. <laughs> That's the only reason why we're doing this segment so that you could be creative, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, listen. Hey, uh, starting Monday night, the Angels have a stretch of thirteen games. Um, they have the Rangers at home Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Then they go on the road for the rest of those games, and they all come against the AL West. So we have Ooh, the Rangers wow. at home till Wednesday. We go to Houston okay. to take on the Trastros. Then we <laughs> <laughs> we go to Arlington to play the Rangers, and okay. then we finish up in Seattle for a series against the Mariners before we come back Man. to face the Rays. So, dude, the okay. next 
thir- well, I shouldn't say the next. So we've got uh, Mondays down, Tuesdays down. So the next eleven games are against the AL West. Now we know that we took wow. a, we took an L on Monday. We're still waiting yeah. on on the outcome of Tuesday's game because we're doing this Tuesday night. Um, yeah. So we'll have that decided by the time this podcast comes out. But what do you think, Mike? I mean, what's what what's the win loss coming out of this road trip for us coming up? Okay, so for the next eleven games, yeah, I think that the Angels uh, need to go seven and four. Yeah, and and I think that that means that they're winning series and they're going to be at least three games over five hundred. And they're already two games over, so they're going to be five games over 500 by the time this is all said and done. And I think that they have to go seven and four, especially being on the road, especially playing opponents in the AOS. And I think the team that they really have to at least take the series is Seattle mm-hmm. because Seattle has got a lot of momentum right now. Yeah. And, I, and I think they're falling right into my prediction when we talked about where they're going to be. <laughs> they're going to start off hot. And then they're going to fizzle out at the end. And I think you have to stop them right now. you got to flex on them a little bit right now. And so I'd love to see the Angels go for a sweep in Seattle. That would be fantastic. But I think 7-4 and four at least in the next 11 games. What say you? I like that. Uh, I, I think 7-4 and four is totally reasonable, and I think that that is realistic. I would like to see 8-3. and three. <laughs> That'd be great. Absolutely. But... Uh, to be realistic, I'd say seven and four, like you. Um, the one thing that we do need to think about is, you know, we we've got the uh, the uh, Astros at the bottom of the barrel right now, the bottom of the can. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do it every time I can because they deserve it. But uh, barrel can trash can right? <laughs> garbage, you know. And um, the Astros. So what's crazy is we don't, we don't play Oakland until like mid May. So we still haven't seen them yet. Huh? Um, and they're they working haven't. their way back up and that's exciting for them. Yeah, They went like eight, seven, eight in a row. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're doing really well right now, but to focus on the Rangers Astros and then the Rangers again, and then Seattle, I'm with you. I think, I think seven and four is a reasonable, um, expectation, but I also have to, re- to bring up the fact that like when, when we go to Seattle, Mike Trout, owns seattle like it's his town that's true that's true <laughs> and it all started he plays really well it all started with uh you know they always wanted to see the matchup of of cy young winner felix hernandez against mike trout and trout just owned felix man all owned the time him. you're right and i think that you're momentum right. is carried into every time we go to seattle like we just play really well there so i think that would be yeah. a, a helpful series for us especially at the end of the road trip so we'll see how it shakes out but i think that this is going to be really crucial um, and really key to defining the beginning of this season because all of uh, all of this road trip is against the AL West, and then when we do get back, we play the Rays at home. So that'll also oh, wow. that'll be an interesting challenge as well. It's, it almost feels like every team is is tough this season. I don't know, man. Like that's <laughs> that's the thing that I would say is is causing me to be excited is because mm-hmm. we are playing tough teams. We're not playing teams that we should run over and we're we're getting run over. Um, we are playing tough teams. I think that we have to we have to win the series against the Rangers, the current series, and I think we have to win the series when they get to Texas. But most of the teams that we're playing are just really, really solid teams. Yeah. And we are in contention. We're giving them a tough time. And on a side note, you talk about Mike Trout in Seattle. You know who's really great in Texas? Albert Pujols. Yeah. And so I would be up for Joe Madden playing him as often as he can, depending on where injuries are at. But I would be up for him playing him as often as he can because he just seems to thrive in that ballpark. Yeah. Well, the Texas knows that very, very well. <laughs> yes, they do. 
from the World Series on, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, so we both agree seven and four would be an ideal um, and realistic expectation coming out of this road trip. But let's go for eight and three. Let's go for nine and two. Yeah. How about ten and one? <laughs> How about eleven and oh? Speak it into existence, That's John. Right. The Come Angels on. We'll go eleven and zero on this road trip. Heck yeah! Heck yeah! As we talk about the teams, let's also talk about some of the players yeah. with a new segment that we like to call No Way Jose! No Way Jose! So the three Jose's on our team are Jose Rojas, the 28-year-old mm-hmm. rookie. We have mm-hmm. Jose Iglesias, who's our shortstop. And then we have Jose Quintana. So let's talk about the rookie first. Okay. I was so excited that he got his first major league hit last Wednesday. Yeah, A double yeah. in the ninth. It was meaningless because we were getting beat, but it was a double <laughs> in the ninth. And and the Darren Sutton and Mark Gubiza went nuts for him. And it was so exciting to see him because this is the first opportunity he's received. And I was excited that he got that hit out of the way. Yeah, I love that. It's... <sighs> Finally, maybe the floodgates will open for him because that's such like that's such a hard thing to go that that long without a hit. And uh, he had such a great spring training, so um, I really hope that there's good things ahead for Jose Rojas for sure. Um, we talked about Jose Iglesias. Go for it. We were talking about how, earlier about how we want the bottom of the lineup to be productive. Yeah. And recently, Jose Iglesias has gone from a 200 batting average to 255. Oh so wow! He's strung together some hits and he's he's getting on base and uh that's what we need him to be to see him to see him go increase his batting average that much is a good sign and i hope he trends upward because we really need that bat especially right now and it's been really great to see him step up um to go from 200 to 255 so hopefully he keeps that up because i have full faith in our bottom of the order with guys like max stassi and iglesias so um, and it never feels like, well, here we are again, the bottom of the order. <laughs> like, let's, can't wait to get back to Fletch, you know? Yep. So, uh, it's, it's really encouraging to see that increase in his batting average. So keep it up, Jose. Let's talk about my boy, Jose Quintana. <laughs> <laughs> the one I had to apologize for in our last episode. I did, yes. I did read this, uh, Jeff Fletcher tweeted this out that before postponement, Jose Quintana was coming off those two really difficult starts. He had planned Mm -hmm. on moving towards the first base side of the rubber. Uh, What Jeff Flesher said was that he gets better shape with his changeup on the third base side, but gets better uh, shape on his fastball and curveball. His command is better when he's on the first base side, and it gives him more confidence to attack the zone. That's interesting. So it's kind of the same thing that Heaney did, yeah. you know, moving around a little bit on the, on the rubber. Yeah. I mean, at this point, anything he can do to improve his game, because he's just getting hit around. Like he's not missing any bats. He's not giving up home runs, but he's, he's walking a lot and he's not missing any bats. So right. um, whatever he can do to, to make that better is, is I'm all about it. You know what I find, <laughs> I find fascinating and it's, it's not unusual because we do this in life, but like rhythm matters and habits matter and for these guys like where they stand it matters you mentioned Shohei and when he's actually lifting his back foot instead of just doing maybe a toe tap when he swings Mm -hmm. and that's when he's his helmet falls off right same thing (laughs) is true with these pitchers like just the move to one side of the pitching rubber or move to the other side of the pitching rubber it changes how their fastball looks it changes how their their curveball hits. I, I find that so fascinating. It's it's those types of things that I love. I'm glad that the stadiums are open again because I love watching that stuff. But I find it so fascinating that just little tweaks actually help you to be better. Yeah, it's like a whole different player. The Andrew Heaney we saw against the White Sox, 
doesn't even look like the same pitcher no that we saw against Kansas City and everything so yeah um, and the twins so yeah it's encouraging it's hopeful and I, I hope that everybody stays healthy so we can not have any more postponement that's the key man that's the key big time key is is health 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 and so I hope that we stay healthy but I also hope the other teams stay healthy and that they can stay away from COVID because I was bored all weekend long. <laughs> I know there's nothing going on. What the heck? Not at all. We did. We did avoid Shoemaker. At least you didn't have to watch Shoemaker. That was an answer to prayer. I have to tell you, I I, uh, <laughs> I got on my hands and knees and said, Lord, I don't want to be at the stadium for seven years with Matt Shoemaker <laughs> pitching on the mound. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, it turned out you were going to see the Rangers. So yes, that, that worked out well yes. anyway. So <laughs> God is good. <laughs> So we got a few more things before we before we end the podcast, and one of those is we want to check in with our announcer standing. Let's so, do it. So far, Matt Vaskersian is two and two. Yes. If you count the uh, Sunday night baseball game, oh we're, which oh, we're, we're counting count it. That. <laughs> oh we're counting it, Maddie. We're counting it. And then Darren Sutton, who again I'm loving. He's he's doing a great job. He's he just he's so like he brings such energy and enthusiasm. I love I him. Like I'm a fan. He, you could you could tell he's having a good time. Absolutely. And, and the guys are gelling so much better now. Um, Darren Sutton is six wins and four losses. Yes. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, that's as of Tuesday night. The game is still currently happening as we record, but uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But this this is a uh, this is an interesting stat that we're going to be following through the season. Right now, Matty V five hundred percentage. We got to do better. We got <laughs> let's let's step up the game, Matty V. Come on, we need we need you to uh, bring bring the hype, bring the Santa Maria to the Angels. Santa Come on. Maria. I got a few more things, Mike, that I wanted to uh, to talk about. Hit me. And so the the release of MLB The Show happened today. Yes, it so did. It did. It happened. So it comes out on PS4, PS5. Wait, why are we doing the podcast? How come we're not playing the show? I know. Show? Why aren't we playing the show? All right. Hey, it's been great. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's coming out. It's out on PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, naturally because it's Sony Studios, yeah. San Diego. But this is the first year that it's come out on Xbox. So oh, that's uh, right. You can actually play on Xbox One, and you can play on Xbox Series uh, S and X. It's very confusing. Don't ask me. I'm not the expert. <laughs> but but the uh, the other thing is um, Xbox actually has a Game Pass, so it's kind of like Netflix, where you pay a monthly subscription. And then you have access to a library of games that you can play uh, online, which is really awesome. So in, in lieu of actually purchasing hard copies or digital copies, you can pay for Game Pass and MLB The Show is part of that. So if you were oh, not wow. aware and you're an Xbox owner, you can actually get in on the show if you have a Game Pass, which is uh, a pretty cool option if I say so. But the reason why I brought this up. Yeah, what's the reason uh, here? Come a- on, tell me. Angels, Angels social media uh, put this out on, and I saw it on Instagram, but I think it was on Twitter as well. They had Justin Upton and Mike Trout guess their ratings in the show. <laughs> yes. So they, they asked Justin Upton and they said, what do you think your rating is in the show? And he's like, I don't know. Those ratings are pretty tough, man. Like I got to say like 69 and, and the, and the interviewer was like, actually you're a 77. He's like, Oh, I'm a 77. All right. I better play like I'm a 77. Um, but the best part, was when they asked Trout, hey, Trout, what do you think your rating is in the show? And he goes, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to sell myself short. I'm, I'm going to say 99. <laughs> and she goes, you're right. You're exactly 99. So Trout got his MLB The Show rating down to the number 99. Oh, I love it. Mike Trout is a 99 in the show, and he guessed it right. And it was like, heck, yeah, he's a 99. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's let's have some fun here. Uh, who else would you put 
at a 99 in the major leagues. Oh, uh, this is spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably Garrett Cole would be a 99. Okay. I agree with that. Um, this is cheating because I saw it on MLB <laughs> social media today, but DeGrom is a 99. Yep. So I knew that for sure. I would sure. agree with that. So two pitchers at 99. Um, yeah, two pitchers at 99. Um, man, I can't think of any other. Maybe Mookie. Okay. Might be a 99. Yeah. I was going to say probably um, a Dodger. I would put Mookie there. What about like Tatis? Would you put Tatis or a Machado at a 99? Uh, I know the answer to this one. So who, what do you think Tatis is? I would put Tatis in the 90s. I think I would make him yeah, like a 90-91. Okay, he uh I this is where I saw the DeGrom one and he, he's a 95. Okay. So Tatis is 95. Okay. What about Machado? Do you know his number? I don't know Machado's number. I would put Machado in the 90s as well. Yeah, like a 93. 93 I think would be where I would put yeah. him. Yeah. Tatis Tatis has to be a 95 cuz he's the cover star of this, this year, <laughs> that's so. right right now here's the big question here's the big question what yeah. number would you give albert pujols <laughs> albert okay so if upton is a 77 yeah i think pujols is probably going to be like a 71 maybe oh, really? a 60 maybe like a 69 okay yeah okay yeah i'm gonna give him 47 because that's how old i think he is <laughs> <laughs> His, his actual age is his actual age is 47 man seeing him live again and watching him run i feel his pain it just looks like he's in pain <laughs> it looks like he's just hurting as he runs and yet here we are talking about how he stole a base and hasn't been caught in like seven years look i i haven't been frustrated with him as i have in years past and it probably has everything to do with the fact that he's not in the lineup every day i know he is right now because of all of the injuries so he's getting to see a little bit more play time but i don't know i got a i got a soft spot i mean yeah. like dude's a hall of famer for sure and i keep saying like you know everybody knows who listens that i have that prediction that he's going to be the the player to be named later yep um now the the caveat to that is paul goldschmidt is the first baseman of of the cardinals so right that he's not losing any playing time right there, but right you know maybe maybe if they're out of it then that's what happens but to me um if it if it were albert coming home to st louis that would be my mike trout coming home to the angels in his final year and he's if he was if mike trout was awful at the end of his career and he came home to the Angels, I'd be like, yes, come home. 100%. Open arms. <laughs> 100%. So I understand the sentiment that people have for Albert Pujols, and especially the the memories that they have with him. So uh, I get that. Okay, so we're, we're uh, coming up on the end of the podcast here, but this, I, I'm interested to have your take yes, on this. So please. This guy tweeted out, I'm not going to share his Twitter handle because it's not worth the time. <laughs> Of day, I'm not going to give this guy the time of day. He's just this guy. Uh, he's just this guy. Okay. But he tweeted, and he got raked over the coals for this by so many people. Okay. And uh, tell me what it is, said, and I'll, I'll let you know if it's legit or not. Okay. The, the thing about Mookie Betts and Mike Trout is that no one gives an f about Mike Trout. Oh come on! <laughs> I don't understand. Well, no, I take that back. I totally understand why people don't like Mike Trout because it's like the Yankees, right? It's it's uh-huh. it's somebody who's really good. It's the it's the world champion. It's the strong leader. It's the one if he's on your team, you're rooting for him. It's the reason why we don't like Bryce Harper. It's the reason why we don't cheer for Mookie Betts, right? Like yeah. we don't want them playing against us and doing well and we want to celebrate our guy. But the reality to say that nobody really cares about Mike Trout is just plain stupid. It's stupid. Well, and and this 
just so you know, for context, this came off of the awesome like sliding catch that Mookie Betts made to win the uh, game. Yes, against, yeah, to win the game. So that's where this came from. Yeah, and uh, I, I investigated. I mean, the guy's wearing a Dodger hat. In yeah, his picture. Yeah, his his pin tweet is something along the lines of like people on people on Twitter take everything literally. So it's like <laughs> after he got after he got raked over the coals by the Twitter verse. He decided to say, "Come on, guys! I wasn't being literal." Wow. <laughs> now here's here's how you know how legit he is. Do you know how many followers he actually has? I haven't looked. Okay. I mean, his his tweet got a ton of traction because people were sharing it and going, "Well, that's stupid." Yeah. But I well, I find know, it fascinating that it's it usually up. people with the biggest mouths, and they have like twelve people: their mom, their dad, and yeah. their uncle that follow them, and they're they're out <laughs> tweeting, thinking that the whole world cares about their opinion, and they right. don't. Right. You're you and your twelve friends. Why don't you go to Target? Why don't you get something at Target, and then you go home and watch the baseball game, <laughs> and leave us alone. Leave us alone. You know, you said something about you said something to me last week about um, something that happened on on Twitter. And so, could you explain it real fast? The the this whole new thing about when you win, and then you actually go and spam the other team's Twitter yes. account with a bunch of memes. You were explaining that to me off air, and so if you could talk about that, I thought it was so hilarious, and it sounds so vengeful, but in a kind and nice way. Oh yeah, so it's it's really not meant to be taken too seriously because it's it's kind of a running joke it's not literal fans on twitter (laughs) it's not literal guys come on stop being so literal stop being so literal (laughs) so you guys when the angels play a team and and this is kind of across the board for any team but when the angels play against somebody if the angels win that night they will spam the opposing team's like final score uh tweet so like for example, I'm going to the Royals, and I'm going back to last week okay. when we played them. And so here's the final score. Um, Angels 10, Royals 3. And if you go to that tweet, you <laughs> – okay, here's one. It says, you just lost to Corn on the Cob, and it's Alex Cobb throwing a, a pitch. <laughs> and he's and, throwing he's throwing a corn cob. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing a corn cob. And they're all like the bold like meme text, and then the graphics are always like really weird. Um this one says you just lost to Ben Rowan and he's just got like those like weird shades on that are like <laughs> cartoons. Um, there's always, there's, <laughs> there's always Fletch ones, of course. Like there's one of Fletch, like reading a book and the cover is blank. So people put text on the cover and it's like, it's like how to lose to David Fletcher or something <laughs> like this. This one says you've been outsmarted by scary Perry and he's got laser he's eyes. He's got laser so. eyes. Those are great. So, <laughs> So the funny thing is, is that they, they mean, oh no, <laughs> this one's terrible. Uh-oh. It says, you just lost, it's Alex Cobb. It says, you just lost to the CEO of Cornhub, but it's the, <laughs> it's the logo for, yeah. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, so that's so anyway, good. anyway, the funny thing is, is like, this is kind of to be expected, right? Yeah. And the fun part for Angel fans is when we lose and, and people do it back to us, our fans will go on and be like, all right, that's that pretty was good. really good. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. But the Royals fans were like, wow, guys, you know, there's such a thing as sore losers, but there's such a thing as sore winners too. <laughs> you don't have to rub it in. And it's like, oh, I, I guess they don't play. They don't play this game. The, the Royals, <laughs> the Royals don't uh, participate in this. Oh, here's one. You just lost to Japanese Babe Ruth. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so that hilarious. So I think what we're going to have to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pull some of these and share our favorites yes. on Instagram. Yeah. So you guys, you can find us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at super halo bros. 
we really appreciate you guys following us and, and interacting with us there. Um, we are part of the team at Around the Diamond. And if you don't follow Around them, the <laughs> if you don't follow Around the Diamond, they are also on Twitter and, and Instagram. And they share incredible content almost every day. We have a whole team of, of people like you and me, Mike, who are doing blogs. They're doing podcasts. Yep. They're doing articles. Putting in work. They're doing really great stats. So there's, there's uh, my favorite uh, blog is uh the title of it is for the nationals is uh the nation's recapital <laughs> so it's Hey-o. a recap of, of, the, of the nationals i was like that's the oh, i wish i thought of that <laughs> and you know here's the thing only the most creative and good looking people are a part of around the diamond so you're gonna want right. to follow that's them right. right right they found us because obviously we're creative and good looking and so that's why you got to follow them as well exactly what it is they heard the sound of our voice and they thought you know what those guys follow the sultry sounds of my voice (laughs) um one more thing is if you are listening to us on spotify we really appreciate it we uh encourage you to follow us there if you're listening on apple Podcasts, we encourage you to subscribe um leave us a rating write a review that would be super helpful to us we got a really funny review (laughs) in the last week that made me laugh um this is from Jade M. It says, great insight and banter. Five stars. Huh. I was like, all right. So then I, Thanks, I read on and Jade says, very enjoyable podcast or very enjoyable weekly podcast. Also, they don't mention it on the show, but these guys are brothers. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's not mentioned at all at the Super Halo <laughs> Brothers <laughs> Los Angeles Angels podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Jade. I have, to, I have to think that there's a hint of sarcasm in that one. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Let, yeah, let's Jay, go. Thank you for let's go spam her Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, that, there we go with memes. <laughs> but yeah, guys, if you could find us uh, on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, leave a rating, write us a review, like Jade, and uh, if you want to point that out as well, you are free Fun to do fact. so. They don't yeah. mention their brothers. <laughs> they don't mention it at all, not once. <laughs> and again, we're, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Super Halo Bros. Um, we're we're doing our best to put out some. Really fun content. If you were following us, you saw that Mike was sharing some videos from the game on Monday yep. night. So yep. if you love everything angels like we do, um, we really encourage you to follow us. But uh, yeah, what do you say? I think we did well. I'm really proud of I us. Think so, yeah. So um, we'll we'll check back in next Wednesday with another episode, and at that point, we'll have we'll be about halfway through this road trip against the AL West. We'll see how we're doing. And uh, we'll either be in a really good mood or someone's going to have to come pick me up off the floor. <laughs> the podcast of, will be five it, minutes if they're not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it stinks. Terrible. It's terrible. They're terrible. <laughs> we hate them. Quit. Fire Perry. <laughs> but guys, thanks for joining us for this week. And uh, as always, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my T.O. John. <laughs> hey that's that's uncle, my friend. I, I I had I couldn't I couldn't think of brother in Spanish. <laughs> it's hermano. <clears throat> and my name is Mike, and that's my hermano John. <laughs> Let's never do that again. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, and in case you guys didn't know, we're brothers. Jade Jay didn't know. Uh, Jade, we're, we're we're brothers. We're brothers. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next week.